there is no redeeming factor for me. It's just pure, <laughs> pure, like literal. I don't even know. I don't know. I look like a clown. I look like a carny. I, I, look- <laughs> I came straight out of the circus. <laughs> we literally hopped off of the circus train and we were like, let's go see Demi Lovato. Hello, everybody. We are here on episode seven of Gumption, the podcast. Seven is my lucky number. So what better amazing guest to have on this episode than my little cousin, Bella, who is a freaking grown up now, not even so little anymore. But Bella, I'm so happy to have you. I'm so excited to like put one of our cute combos that we always have into a formal structure. So I'm so excited to be on. Thank you. Okay. So normally with my guests, we will talk about how we met each other. But since we are cousins, that one's kind of self-explanatory. Like I basically met you while you were in the womb. So I don't really think we need to rehash all of that but I think it could be fun for us to break the ice a little bit because I get a little nervous when I record episodes I think we should start by rating some of our past outfits now I have spent some time digging through my mom's Facebook looking for all of those pictures of us where we're in our cute little or not so cute matching outfits and they're interesting there are some interesting ones in there let me tell you I'm going to text you a picture and then we're gonna give ourselves an out of 10 rating on the outfit choice that we have I'm gonna save the best one for last so don't you worry I love it okay so I'm gonna start off strong with this one photo number one is coming your way (laughs) I'll just give a little description of this photo for our listeners First of all, know that this was taken in my backyard. Like, in the backyard, you can clearly see the grass, the little treescape behind us. And Bella is on my back, piggyback style. And we are posing for this photo. I'm not sure what the occasion was, but it definitely was summertime. There is an Instagram border around the picture, like one of those white Instagram borders with that sunburned effect tell us tell us what our outfits are just describe those outfits for our listeners lily's got on a nice yellow tank top and some long (laughs) what do you what did we call like the bermuda jean shorts like literally they're like knee length (laughs) i think i have a justice tank top on it's looking like i don't know i'm it looks like justice it's gotta be i don't know yeah i'm seeing that zebra in there like kind of behind my shoulder you can totally see the zebra black like that's that looks like zebra yep you and i both have buns in our hair with our with our very (laughs) good bangs can we just say i don't know if anyone else in the audience relates to this but our family was obsessed with bangs like our grandma loved bangs thought they were so cute on everyone and like okay i can see it for like a four-year-old yes very cute little girl vibes but 
When you're getting into those middle school ages, I just feel like bangs are basically the same as wearing a sign on your forehead that says bully me. Your bangs in this photo literally look like the leaf from Animal Crossing. We were not allowed to let our bangs grow out until oh. we were like, I think I was 17 when I started to grow my bangs out. I which know. is we weren't allowed to do a middle part until college. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You've been doing yours until college, right? Or was it in high school? Dude, I didn't start doing a middle part until my junior year of college when my roommates were finally like, your hair would look a lot better in a middle part. And I actually tried it and I was like, yeah, you're very right. I just did the extreme side part for so long. But I think it was because I had the side bangs, you know? I was like used to it. They never really grew back out for a long, long time. Yeah, it's tough out here. Bella's got her hand up in a peace sign and we we look really happy i'll give us that like i look a little high in that photo clearly i wasn't <laughs> but like not sure what was going on there i'm gonna have to go with a four out of ten on this one bella what do you think i think that sounds like a pretty reasonable rating it's not the absolute worst but it's definitely it's not good okay so photo number two this one's definitely better but i think you know there's some things we could talk about here so i'm sending that one over your way right now wait that picture is so cute it's really cute like we are very adorable so like kudos to our parents we're cute so thank you for that for your jeans and whatnot yeah. Oh my God. This one is from your first communion. So obviously you're looking good, but don't hold back any critiques on my outfit because I personally think this one is absolutely hilarious. Please, please okay, comment. Well, well, oh my God. For you, Lily, the dress is the same exact color as your skin. No, literally, it looks like I'm in like, the nude. I'm you like, look like you're not wearing clothes. Like a self-tan would have done wonders with this outfit. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what self-tan meant at that age, I don't think. A headband really, really does it, though. You know, I just threw that headband away, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> because I found I had an entire treasure trove of headbands in my drawer, and I was like, I do not wear these. I actually donated them to Goodwill, but I just didn't realize that I was, like, a headband queen. I had, like, 25 headbands with these crazy, yes. like, flower arrangements on them. We wore those all the time. Like, what were those? How were those ever a thing? This was coming out of the Charming Charlie era. Do you remember that store that everyone used to be so obsessed with? Very chunky 2012 fashion, like big necklaces, big floral things. Yeah. It was a unique moment in time, let me tell you. It really was. But yeah, I've got this same little shrug on in this photo. I think it was probably a hand-me-down from our cousin Kendra. What is going on here? And the braces, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. In this photo, I'm gonna give Bella a solid nine out of 10. You look really cute. It was your first communion. The bangs are really what's thrown me off, but like you still get a nine out of 10. The I'm fact gonna... that those bangs were thing make me wanna like cry a little. Like, oh my god. Like, it, imagine how cute I would have looked with that whole fit without the bangs. Because the bangs... It's literally like your face is divided oh. in two. The top half is the bangs and the bottom half is your like, entire face. It, it's too much. I can't do it. The eyebrows are being hidden, which I think is what throws me off. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is the photo of all photos. I personally don't think anything could ever top this photo. I, know what you're gonna, I think I know what you're gonna send, but let's you see. You for sure know what I'm gonna send. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be the Demi Lovato costume. I just like, this one actually physically pains me to look at because I was 
14 when this photo was taken, okay? 14. And oh. Oh, Bella, just give us, paint a picture of what's going on here for our viewers. Until they can... Well, first, I think we should, we should discuss the fact that I think 90% of this outfit, no, actually, the entire outfit was purchased at Nikki and Nicole. Do you remember yes. that? Yes, it was. To start off, we, we've got leggings that are black with white polka dots. We had pink, like, cami tank tops on that we had pulled down, like, past our hip. Yes, so that you could see them, which, again, why? <laughs> and we had white... I don't even know what material that was. It's like, like burnout so that you can see like the holes. I don't even know what I that is made of. With a giant pink heart on. But in case you thought that wasn't bad enough, we both have big flowers in our hair. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You had your like, Vera, weren't those Vera Wang boots? Yes. I am wearing my pink Vera Wang combat boots in this photo. I also still have those because my feet never grew since I was like 12. Those are cute though, like taking that outside of the outfit. Those are yes, cute. I don't sure. know what shoes are that I'm wearing. Like I don't have any recollection of those shoes, but that's- funny. I actually do. I remember they're pink high top Converse, but they're like yellow on the inside. That's why you have them folded down like that. I think. <gasps> oh my God, you're right. Cause you could fold them down. What? Which is like, why would you get high top Converse and then fold them down? I don't know, but this is, these are the insanities that were happening in this era of our lives. Like the fashion world at this time was just, it's not something that I would like to ever see happen again. Do you remember the picture we took immediately after this? We were doing the scorpion pose, like the dance. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, yes. I, I vividly remember that. We would just do that everywhere. Yeah, we know it's so true. Personally, for me, I think this is like the funniest picture I've ever seen in my entire life. I actually referenced this to my friends when they asked me what I looked like in middle school. I literally showed them this. This is all you need to know. This is how I dressed. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. We like, were at the Demi Lovato concert for this event. Lily, think about middle schoolers now. And then this is what we were wearing. <laughs> Yeah, this is tough. This is tough to see, honestly. If I ever need to be humbled, like if my ego gets too inflated, you can just send me this, no caption. It will immediately deflate me back down. This is probably gonna have to get a negative 35 out of 10 for me. Just the only redeeming factor is the Vera Wang combat boots. And even then, it's, yeah. it's bad. There is no redeeming factor for me. It's just pure, <laughs> pure, like literal, I don't even know. I don't know. I look like a clown. I look like a carny. We I, I, think I, came, <laughs> I came straight out of the circus. <laughs> we literally hopped off of the circus train and we were like, let's go see Demi Lovato. And do you remember who opened for her? Hold on. Oh, uh, was it Cheryl? It, it was it Harmony. Oh, oh. Oh my God. Oh my God. This was before work, work, work. It was before that. So I don't even know what they were performing. Needless to say, Bella and I have evolved quite a bit since this era of our questionable fashion choices, but I'll give us the fact that we probably had no say in picking out these outfits. Like our moms were probably scheming about this and just informed us that we were going to be wearing these and- Probably, but we didn't know anything else either. Now that we've- really dragged through my mom's Facebook history and all of our lovely fashion outfits. I think we should talk about a true fashion icon and that would be India 
blue severe i don't know if our listeners know as much about indie as bella and i do and if you don't you are really in for a treat because we are going to introduce you to probably the most iconic influencer of our time in my opinion agreed agreed i think we should talk a little bit about miss indie and just like how inspiring she is because for me she's definitely a model of gumption and i know like you relate to this so hard so what is your favorite thing about Indie Blue and like how did you sort of get introduced to her? Well, I got introduced to her through you. And it's funny when I think about it because it's like I have the most vivid memory of like when you had just started high school. And I remember like one time you came over to my house and you had your computer because remember you'd always come with a backpack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You pulled out your computer and you're like, Bella, let me show you this girl. Her name's Indie Blue. And you started to show me some of her videos. And I was like fascinated by it. I was like, this is so cool. And then we started watching more. And then I, when I got back on Instagram and stuff, because we were watching on like YouTube and one of the other, what was the other thing? Vimeo or something? Vimeo. And yeah. then, then I started checking her out on Instagram and stuff. And yeah, I mean, you were the one who showed me her. I actually uh, forgot that I had shown you her. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Indie Blue, she started off as like a photographer and a videographer. And that was, I think, how we were really just interested in her because her videos are basically just like her life. Like she would travel a lot with her friends and take really cute videos of everyday stuff. I feel like she just makes life look so beautiful and that kind of got me into videography I think anyone with eyes that saw her videos were like I want to be a videographer but now she has launched herself into a whole nother realm of being amazing and I'm just a huge fan of her brand like I love love Lonely Ghost so much her wedding pictures I can't. don't even get me started I yeah. cannot like I remember well I cried when I found out she got engaged and when she was pregnant, I remember watching both of those videos, like, crying. Like, and I was with random people both times, and they're like, why are you crying? And I was like, bruh, Indie Blue got engaged. Yes. People do not understand the significance. It, it just so iconic. Like, it's her and just Sev. Oh, he's such a cutie. So cute. He's the so cutest cute. child to ever exist. His little curls. Well, I know he just got them cut, but like even just he looks so much like Jackson. I can't get he over does. it. He does. No, but like Ghost Gang is such a fun thing because connects people all over the world with this common love for fun adventures and like documenting their lives. Have you met anyone in college that also knows Lonely Ghost or like have you kind of brought that to the Mount Union scene? I have seen people like occasionally wear a text me when you get home hoodie or something. But I have like one of the different ways to say I love you posters that you got me. I have it up in the dorm and then I have every single Lonely Ghost piece I own here. I met a lot of people like throughout high school randomly that I would see wearing Lonely Ghost stuff. Like I remember one time I was taking the SAT and I had a text me when you get home hoodie on and some girl had one on too and I was like this is so cool it's just cool I don't know anyone that I see wearing lonely ghosts I know I could walk up to them and have a conversation and they're gonna be a cool person I don't know how she does it but she just brings together like all the coolest people and I'm one of these days we're gonna go out to Utah and go to one of those events or something but I want to so bad last year when they did the lonely forest around this time I wanted to go so so bad but I literally had like my thesis at school so I couldn't a minor but, yeah a minor setback but we are definitely gonna 
make our way out there for something because I swear to God, every tingle, every tingle, every single time she posts on Instagram, we will tag each other on the post. People don't understand our love for Indie Blue. Obviously, besides the fact that Bella is my cousin and I know how motivated and amazing she is in her day-to-day life, I wanted to bring her on the podcast because you do a very unique sport and I just feel like your sport itself is like a physical manifestation of what gumption is. Tell everyone what sport you do. I'm in track and I run and pole vault. First of all, so cool. Pole vaulting just amazes me. It absolutely defies gravity and I just think it is incredible to watch and I can never do it myself. So I have so much respect for pole vaulting, but I kind of want you to just start off and talk about how you got into it because I know as a little kid, you did a lot of different athletic pursuits. What made you want to pursue pole vaulting as more serious passion? Well, so I've been running since third grade good old CYO. When I got to high school, I was running just my normal sprint events. And then my junior year, my coach was like, we need a pole vaulter. We need points at me. It's like, you're really athletic, blah, blah, blah. No one really cared to explain to me the complexity of the event. You know, like, it's not just something you just hop in and, and just do, which like, I didn't really know anything about it. I was just like, oh, you think I'm athletic and I can do it? Sounds good. Like, I can get points. And it's obviously a lot more complicated than I pictured. But when I started it, I really liked it. And I liked the challenge. And I liked the fact that I felt like it really pushed me athletically to different, like, limits I didn't know I had. And it pushed me. It gave me a lot more confidence into myself I realized if I can pole vault like you can literally do anything because like that is crazy it's scary absolutely but it's definitely changed my outlook on a lot of things in life because like something that's so unique and so different it's given me a philosophy that if you can put your body through that and you can physically and mentally do it you can literally get through anything else that life throws at you So you said the act of doing pole vaulting has made you like think differently about aspects of your life. I would love if you could expand on that a little because I think that's so interesting to think about how like our sport influences beyond working out or athleticism, you know, like the mental parts of it. Yeah. So I feel like track in general is a very unique sport that I would say probably one of the only other sports that might relate to this is swimming because it's, I don't know, like you don't have an entire game to make changes. In any race I'm doing, I have less than 30 seconds and that's it. In pole vault, you have three attempts at a bar. It's not like you have, oh, I had a bad quarter, but I'm going to go out there and like fix myself. Like, or like I had a bad play, but I'm just going to quickly like regroup. You just don't have that. You just have that moment. And I think especially with pole vault, it's very mentally challenging because I think it's a sport that's like a lot more failure comes from it than success. Like you're constantly experimenting and trying different things and trying to figure out what works for you because it's different for everybody. I hate failing and I hate, you know, like feeling stuck or feeling like I can't get things to click. So sometimes it's really mentally challenging for me, but it's really forced me to look at positives. And even if it's like something really small that I learned at practice or a really small takeaway that I improved on at a meet, even if it wasn't my best day, I think that's helped me a lot with like just day to day life because it's given me a different outlook. Pole vault's interesting because 
you could jump the best you've ever jumped, but at the end of the day, you are still ending on a failure because you missed the last bar. And I think that it's really helped me learn how to deal with failure. It's so easy to get caught caught up in numbers or the very physical aspect of it. It's taught me a lot about how to manage failure and like see more positives like even if it's really tiny, but like being able to work off of it. And I think it's also helped me manage fear a lot better too. Cause it's, I mean, it's scary, but you got to be in the right mental place to deal with that. Like, yeah, I think like if you don't have the assertiveness and the courage to try, it's just never going to work. Like it's not, it's not even safe. Do you know what I mean? If you don't go in like with 100% Right. It's one of those things. If you think about what you're actually physically doing, probably no one would ever do it. But like you have to kind of just throw yourself into it. And I think that's so, so cool. Whenever I have seen your different workouts and the strength training that you do to prepare for that one moment, all of the work that leads up to that, I think is so fascinating because it's like really preparing your body, but also your mind. That's just, Mm -hmm. that's so interesting to me. I was just thinking about those pictures that we were looking at when you were little and when we both used to dance together and how you were always like so much better at all the acrobatic stuff and the more strength requiring things. It's literally gumption. You would throw yourself into like a handstand or a a walkover or something. And I'd be like in my brain, like, oh my God, I'm too scared. Cause like, if I go and then I fall, I'm going to hurt myself. But you have always had that mentality of just going for it. And I love what you said. If you don't try, it's not going to work. I mean, that obviously applies to pole vaulting, but it applies to so many other things in life. Because how are you going to know if something's going to work out if you don't actually give it an honest shot? As far as mentorship goes, has anyone in your like athletic career given you really good advice that has kind of like shaped the way you think about other aspects of your life too? Like what was the most meaningful advice you've gotten? I've had some standout coaches and then I've had others that are not, but like the ones I've had that are really good have been awesome. And I think that probably one coach in particular I had wasn't even a track coach, but more like a mentor. I remember actually like the day I broke our school record, I had put a lot of pressure on myself this past season because I was like, I want to break the school record. And that was all I could think about was that's all I wanted to do. I was very stressed to the point that I was like, okay, just let it happen. And I remember we talked about that and she's like, just reminded me of the hard work I've put in and everything. And like, just let it play out because I put the work in. Like, it'll all come to fruition when it's supposed to, basically. Yeah. And I, I think that was really helpful. Trying to just go with the flow, you know, isn't always my strongest suit and just like trusting the work I put in. But I think I'm learning more and more. Even now with like my college workouts, realizing I've never done workouts like this. So the shape I'm in is different than I've ever been in. So sometimes when I see a workout during a week, I'm like, oh my God, like, how am I supposed to do that? Like, there's no (laughs) way you think I'm getting through that workout and then I'll hit the times and I'll be fine. And I surprise myself. And then I would say another coach I had, he would always tell me, get over it. Kind of was a metaphor with pole vault, like get over the bar. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that's so clever. I didn't even realize. But then it was also just a simple phrase he'd say to me, kind of like, bounce back if something's bothering you if you had a bad jump if you had a bad rep whatever like just get over it move on keep going and that's something I try to keep with me and let stick in my brain because I do dwell on things and that's something I'm working on so I'm trying to just move on get over it new practice new day anything can happen and you know just accepting that sometimes bad days or bad practices happen and moving on from it 
I literally love that because when you said I dwell on things, I was like, girl, it must run in the family. Cause I am a, I'm a dweller. Like I will remember something that someone said to me seven years ago. If it really rubbed me the wrong way, I'm a dweller. And I know we have spent countless nights in the Swenson's parking lot with our yep. bubble tea talking about things that bother us. But when you put it in the way of just get over it, it is so true that things can put you into a funk that affects your performance, whether it's messing you up in a sport or in your day-to-day -day life, sometimes you just have to stop and tell yourself, like, get over it. It does not matter. I think people that try to bring you down thrive on the fact that they know you're your own worst enemy and you will keep thinking about things. I think that's going to be the quote of this episode is get over it. <laughs> it's like funny because recently something Nikki's been saying to me well he started saying this last year with his friends and they would comment on each other's Instagrams and I was like what does this mean and it was INTS do you know what that means no okay and I was like Nick what is what is that and he's like it's not that serious and I thought he was telling me like don't think about it I was like what does it mean <laughs> and he's like no that's what it means like it's not that serious or like they do oh. it's not that deep and I was like why well nothing's that serious Bella so he started saying that to me like if I would be upset about something he would just be like it's not that serious it's not that deep like who cares and so I feel like lately I've been just trying to think about that more or like if I text Nikki now that I'm at college and I'm upset about something he's just like Bella nothing is ever that serious like you never have to be thinking about it that hard and I think that especially track wise the group of people I'm around right now and the culture and the team works really hard but they also have a lot of fun and everyone's like in good spirits all the time so it's nice to be around people like that because it does bring, obviously it is serious, like in the sense that we want to perform well, but there's like a, a lightheartedness to it. It's nice like to be around that environment and that culture. And like me and Isabel, my roommate, say it to each other all the time now because I told her about it. So like whenever we're huh? saying we're like, it's not that serious. Like no one, <laughs> no one thinks about it as much as we do. Like that's so true. So much. I love that too. And it, it's so typical of Nikki to be smarter than both of us. I mean, he's <laughs> five years younger than me and I feel like he knows more about life than I do sometimes. This relates back to what we were saying about Indie Blue as well, because she's always the main character. Like that's kind of her vibe. But I think recently she's been doing a lot of self-reflection and I feel like she has really been very vocal on social media about dealing with her mental health. And I love that there's someone on the internet that is really inspiring people to make that shift because main character syndrome is a thing. I have noticed this in myself, in my own life. When you start to think about things as kind of central to you, everyone that is pissing you off is like purposely doing it to you to make you mad. Such the mentality of the main character. And it's hard not to feel that way about yourself because in one sense, like you only know what you know, but also yeah. when you think about it, it's not that serious. You realize everyone's in it together and people are not just swirling around you like a superstorm or something well it's like when people tell you like you can choose not to be embarrassed about something and i was like you're right <laughs> like that's true embarrassment's just fake you're the one people don't think about that stuff that deeply like yes. when weird things i said in second grade keep me up at night i'm like nobody else is thinking about this except you like go to bed <laughs> Bella, literally, okay, I had this realization in high school because for a really long time, I used to get so upset when my stomach would growl in class. It'd be a quiet class, especially in religion class. Every single time, without fail, my stomach would be like making whale noises. And I was like, oh my God, that would get worse and it would just get louder and louder. Literally, I would be on the verge of tears. And then I said something to my friend one day and she was like, 
first of all, I didn't hear your stomach. But second of all, who cares? Everyone's stomach growls. And I was like, yeah, actually, why would anyone else care about this besides me? <laughs> so, yes. But, it's crazy to think like that. Yeah, it is. Even what you said about fear earlier when you were talking about pole vaulting specifically, fear in one sense, it's your body's coping mechanism to keep you out of danger. But it's so amazing to me the things that the human mind and the human body can overcome. And when you decide that fear is not going to get in your way, like you really can do anything. And that's yeah. so inspiring. Yes, ma'am. I feel like there's a lot of Swifties in my podcast community and even the non-Swifties need to be educated about what's going on in Miss Taylor Swift's life right now. So what are your thoughts on her new album? I would love to hear like what some of your favorite songs were, what you thought about the vibe in general. Okay, well, I actually really liked it. I know that I feel like it's gotten a lot of mixed reviews. I, the first listen through, I was like, okay, it's, it's good. But now that I'm listening to it every day and I'm like, okay. Same. <laughs> But um, my current favorite songs, I love Maroon. Oh, interesting. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I love... No further comment. In this no, I will not comment further. Ella um, will not be commenting at this time why she loves Maroon. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love Question. Um, Very good. Very good. Me too. That's Karma, one of my favorites. Karma is a bop. And you know... One of my friends the other day was like, I think it's already played. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I don't care because it's still good. You know what? A lot of Taylor Swift songs are overplayed, but I will say this about her. I have a playlist of just her songs. And when I'm in the mood to listen to Taylor, I'll just shuffle that playlist and I never get sick of it. I could never get sick of her music. Agreed. And then I would say my last favorite right now, and I think it'll be probably my favorite on the album for like ever would have could have should have so good like it is so good it makes me cry every time I'm like oh my god yeah dude that song is kind of hits home it's so good I don't know if you've watched the music videos yet she's really embracing all of the things that people say about her oh she's awkward she's lanky whatever all the trolls and the haters have had these things to say about her for a while but in the videos she's just simultaneously like so hot and also so awkward and I love that because that is like every person in the world like no one is walking around looking hot 24 7 and no one is being awkward 24 7 even if they think they are so I love that about her I agree but yeah I would have to say question is also one of my favorite tracks on the album I just think it's like a clever song and I also really like snow on the beach even though like It's kind of not my vibe. I just, that song evokes a feeling in me. I'm like, yeah, snow on the beach. Like, okay. Yeah. It's just a vibey type of song. I don't know how else to explain it. With the background vocals and Lana Del Rey. Oh, it's so ethereal, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes, that's a good word because it's like, it's very calming. Oh, this is nice. Peaceful. Yes. Me and my one friend were like, okay, at 12, we're going to sit in, sit in my room and we're going to listen. And that's exactly what we did. <laughs> I love that. Listen we did a party. quick little run through of every song because we were too tired to listen to the entirety of each song. We're like, no, that's not going to work. Yeah, so that's so we fair. Listen to like a little bit and then got a good idea. And then we listened to the rest in the morning, which was smart because I was like, okay, these are the songs I think I like. The 3AM versions or editions when those dropped, I was like, those are good. Yeah, those are, I'm not going to say some of the best songs on the album because I really liked a lot of the main tracks, but those ones were also just like, how does she, how does she write so many good songs? Like, 
Imagine being talented. <laughs>